This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris Liss, host. I guess I'm a co-host. There's no real host of this thing. It's not like we're on XM. And my uh, co-host or whatever, my guest, Dalton Del Don, as usual, of Yahoo Sports. What's up, Dalton? What are you up to? Well, I just have the Republican debate on in the background. Um, there's no sports on right now. All the NBA games are over early tonight. No, Obviously, no baseball. So, uh, yeah, not, not much going on. How's the experience of that? Uh, you know, you're trying to get me in trouble, but I haven't been paying too close attention. Let's put it that way. Come on, it's so funny because uh, I like. Well, I don't want to get too political here, but I'll just say that like I wasn't really happy with either candidate last time. I mean, and someone's like, I, I said you know, I didn't vote for Obama the second time. I definitely did the first time. And people are like, you didn't vote for Obama, but you voted for Romney. And I was like, dude, be serious. <laughs> it's not like I'm, I'm fine with like saying I don't like either person. I'll vote for some whatever the propositions on in California, but. I'm definitely not voting for one of those tools. Jesus. Yeah, well, I hear you. Well, well what are your thoughts on this election then? Let's, let's dive into I'll tell, it. I'll tell you right now. It's so funny that we're doing this. This is like definitely a bad idea. But I'll tell you, <laughs> I, I, obviously it's Bernie, man. It's Bernie or nothing. I mean, there, it's all just one. It just I, – I, I suppose like having a moderate Republican like Hillary Clinton would be better than these extremists. But I, I just feel like – it's all just – it's not even really like conservatism. It's just this corporatist state, you know, oligarch state that like all these people basically take money from and support. Um, so it's just bad either way, really. Yeah, I'm a big uh, Kirby Enthusiasm fan. So let's just say I wouldn't mind watching Larry David impersonate Bernie for the next four years. I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Way, way to go on a limb and say something bold there. I, I really like that. Uh, <laughs> good job. No, I'm just saying I don't care about any of these people. They're all, they're all just in it. They're, just, they're all just representing uh, a very narrow slice of the country. And I, I, I could be wrong about Bernie. He could be a total douche. I mean, I thought Obama was like awesome in 2008. I was real disappointed in him. I, I, you know, I, now I'm just sort of like, I guess he's the only one at least telling the truth for now. We'll see. We'll see if, if he ever got elected. And I'll tell you something I really hate is I really hate 
when people are like, oh, he'll never get elected. You have to vote for Hillary. I'm like, first off, if I was thinking utilitarian wise about voting, I would just not vote. I mean, the odds that my vote is the difference maker is basically zero. So if you're just thinking like, well, let's just do the best thing for everybody and, and just vote for somebody you don't like. The best thing to do is just stay home, save your time, have a nice day that day. Voting is a matter of principle. It's not a matter of utility. And so if you're voting out of principle, always vote for the person you like. Never vote for the person you think, oh, this is the electable, mediocre choice that I have to take. Never do that. That's a terrible idea. Horrible. And also, if you're just going to vote for the mediocre choice that you don't even like, uh, then that person's going to take you for granted. Why do they need to do what you want? All politicians pander. You want them to pander to what you would like to see. If they think... Well, this guy's in the bag. He's just going to vote because I'm on his team. Then, uh, then of course, they're going to ignore you because you're in the bag, and they're going to go pander to people who are, want a lot of very different things than you do. So for two reasons, I would never, never vote for the electable candidate, in quotes. And plus, you don't really know. So um, that's my view. I, I hope that's – I hope I didn't, you know – I hope I was on the fence sufficiently and didn't go on any limbs there. Yeah, I'm just glad I opened this rabbit hole. You know, politics, it's to, politics, religion, you know, it's usually topics that, that everyone can agree upon. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, so what? So people disagree with me, you know? I mean, if, if you're like, I don't like that guy's politics, I won't listen to his spread picks. That's fine. Who cares? There are better reasons to not listen to your spread picks. <laughs> there have been way better. There's way, like, real good reasons not to listen. Exactly. Why would you do a bullshit reason? All right. Um, that's just my view. I just, don't, I just don't think any of these people really represent uh, me personally and i just feel like there's one dude who might if he's telling the truth which i don't know and so that's that's a dude i like and lol and the dudes you're watching tonight i mean those guys are just they're just a bunch of stooges they're just a bunch of stooges they're kissing the ring of all these billionaires to get the money those guys none of them the only guy who's funny is trump i would never vote for him but he's funny because he doesn't give a shit because he doesn't need the money he's definitely funny he's funny he's 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 good for uh the the process all right, so let's uh, let's go over some of these stupid ass games. What are we two and three last week? Thank God that I pushed those two games. We won. Yeah, we went two and three in super contests. Our dreams, our hopes are, are looking dimmer and dimmer. You know, it's funny we picked this year to do this podcast. Um, I think I've been doing stat picks for nine years. I've had like one losing season. I know you have a, a very strong track record. You've been doing it for what sixteen years or whatever. And the year we we really highlighted the most with this debut, this podcast, and not you know spend a $1,500 entry fee into the super contest. We um, have some of our worst, my worst year so far ever, and one of your worst as well. Oh, yeah. oh it's by far my worst. I'm terrible. Uh, yeah, it is, it is unfortunate that that happened, but um, I, I do think you're more to blame uh, in, in this instance. How many did you get right? Who did you, you insisted on the Niners? I mean, on the Falcons? The Falcons, yeah. That was then, terrible. Then, then, then we were pretty much uh, mostly, I, we, we kind of were agreement on the others. But your two biggest ones were like the Niners and the Jets, right? I, the Jets should have covered. My big one was Pittsburgh. And we took out the Bears, too, unfortunately. That, I mean, we originally on the podcast, we, we liked the Bears. And yeah, why that did you take probably... that one out? Oh, because you subbed back in the uh, Falcons. Uh, to be honest, I looked at your column and you you really liked which one was it? Maybe I can't remember which. Yeah, I like, I liked the Steelers the best last week, and they, I mean, Antonio Brown fumbles that punt. Rothsburg gets hurt, and even well, even so, and even then, D'Angelo Williams sticks his his arm out, you know, I one know. more foot. Uh, and also, uh, you know, Charles Woodson runs down Antonio Brown. Why did he do that? The best thing for Oakland would have been let him score and get the ball back. That was totally stupid. He he, he ran him down in field goal range. 
Yeah, and I don't know what to say about the Niner game. I mean, they bench Kaepernick, and don't, they don't have any running backs. And all, this Atlanta team is so soft; it's 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 disgusting. I mean, I, well, I, we, I mean, we weren't going to cover anyway, but we have to talk. Oh, about but Dan, Dan Quinn. Quinn. Oh, my wife. Now I'm not going to make the joke like, oh, she's even a female. She she plays fantasy sports and she follows sports, but she um she is uh you know doesn't do it professionally or anything. But she actually said this like, as a Niner fan, you know, when it's a four point game, they're at the one yard line. With three minutes left, she says, oh, kick! they should kick the field goal. Like in a joking manner, knowing there's not a chance anyone with a brain would do that. Right. And then all of a sudden, they, they haul the field goal kicker out. And I'm like, man, when, when, when my wife is like mocking a decision before it happens and the person actually decides to do that, it was it – was, I mean, did you see the, the stats that came out later that they actually would have helped their win probability if the kicker had missed the field goal. <laughs> yeah, he should have tried. The kicker should have, you know what he should have done? How awesome if he just missed it on purpose and said, look, I had to make an executive decision. Our coach was costing us the game, so I shanked it on purpose. I'm not joking. Like Brian Burt's advanced uh, NFL stats, I, I think its website's different now, and even Numberfire, both of their models had their win probability better if he had missed the field goal. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't doubt it because they get the ball in the one – foot line or the one yard line. I right. just look, if it were fourth and goal from the seven, you still should go for it, but at least you'd be like, well, he made a mistake, but he's kind of dumb. But at the same time, you know, it's fourth and goal from the seven. He thought that was a tough play to execute. It's fourth and goal from the one it's from the one you're down four. there's three minutes left. You have two timeouts. You just have to score the touchdown. He actually thought that that one yard would have been harder to get than a made chip shot. A stop on a three and out on defense. It had to be three a and drive out. Back, right. it, a drive back in the field goal range and then make a second field goal. Those four things he thought would be easier than getting one yard. I mean, what planet is that guy on? I know. And I, I thought that they made an upgrade with Mike Smith and that when, when they got off to that 4-0 four, four start or whatever it was. But, man, when you, when you can't do that simple math, that's, that's a danger. I mean, that's, that's scary. I mean, it, it, until proven otherwise drastically, you have to consider him a, a, a poor head coach. You got to consider him a danger to himself and others. I mean, if, he, yes. if he's behind the wheel, you got to think maybe he'll <laughs> head into oncoming traffic. Maybe he thinks that's the play right now. I mean, honestly, it was that bad. It was like, Oh, I'll just take this lane. Oh, you know, we killed everybody. That's, that's about the level of intelligence that it took. Well, I, no, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you. It was absurd. One of the craziest I've ever seen. It was just phenomenal. And, and the sad thing is, like, afterwards, like, yeah, I thought we could get the stop. It didn't work out. Like, nobody, like, the reporters, like, they don't confront. They said, you know, according to these stat sites, they crunch these numbers all the time. You just basically cost your team, like, from, like, a 50%, a 60% chance to win to, like, a 25% chance to win on that decision. Do you understand that? Nobody says, nobody asked them that. When Tom Coughlin blows the Dallas game, when Tom Coughlin punts on fourth and three from the 47 in a game, there's 63 points before the end of the third quarter. And the Saints drive for an easy touchdown. Nobody after the game says, you know, according to all these sites that like basically every serious fan and fantasy player is aware of and serious handicapper is aware of, um, you basically did a terrible, you made a terrible decision. Do you understand the math behind Nobody ever, not, not the reporters, not the media, not the head, not the front office. I mean, doesn't someone from the front office just say, hey, I, you know, I'm the owner of the team. I'm the GM. I'm going to go sit you down and like explain these probabilities. N- nobody's doing this. No, it's embarrassing. No, they are. There's a billion-dollar right. organization. Do you know what the payroll is on these things? Do you know how much it costs just to, like, get the equipment shipped out, get those jerseys, those, like, special jerseys they wear for throwbacks, and how much money is spent on every single thing? And they can't just – they're not willing to, like, up their win probability by, like, a game a year at least for just having a conversation? I, I just don't understand it. 
I wish I had an answer for you. I don't understand it either. Mind-boggling. It's one of the most shocking things. Okay. All right. Um, anything else you got to get off your chest? I, I talked. To, I basically just, you know, lost half the audience that we'll ever have, which is uh, no, I divided our audience from like 50 to 25. Real quick, Fargo's fantastic this season. You should be watching it. And I know last we spoke, you kind of given up on leftovers. The last two episodes were really good. I heard. Can, continue I gotta, to watch or no? Back. Yeah, I got to go back and watch them. Yeah, the last two episodes have been pretty good. I, I, Homeland uh, is like – I'm annoyed with these stupid cliffhangers all the time. And, like, they show, like – I don't know if you – have you seen it? I don't want to spoil it for you. This week's behind. I'm one behind. Okay, I won't tell you then. It's There's some good stuff and there's some really ridiculous stuff. But it's it's all right. It, it definitely, like, hooks you in. I'll tell you, I'll say that much. All right, good. Well, I'll catch up and you catch up on leftovers and definitely catch up on Fargo. That's like A+. Plus. Okay. I haven't, even, I, I haven't seen Fargo at all. I, I have to start that from the beginning. Um, all right, so let's go to these horrible games. I, you know, the NFL, sometimes I feel like if we ever just like sold Rotowire and – I mean, I would still do something. with. I'd still like play fantasy and write a column or something. But I would feel like I just want to say no to the NFL. You know what I mean? Did you see that thing on Spreadopedia, by the way? They're, they're like – they're – NCA style bracket of felons in the NFL? No, I haven't. You didn't see that? Oh, you should go to the, go to follow them on Twitter or go to their Twitter handle. They have like it's like they seat everybody, you know, one through sixteen in four brackets, and they're oh, and they're okay. Folks. I do remember seeing something people talking about this on Twitter. I haven't gone to the actual site, but so, I have seen the ch- chatter about this. Okay, I, I was upset because Cecil Collins and I have names from teams after Cecil the Diesel um, is doing twenty years for like breaking and entering and some sort of assault, and he was like in the playing game. You know, I mean, I was like, he deserves at least like a six seed or something. Like it was, it, they said, well, part of it was like you had, it, it was guys who came back and played afterwards too. That was part of it. I was like, all right. Cause he was out of the league. OJ was only a six seed for that reason. He was, you know, it was all after his career. I mean, he was really only convicted of armed robbery, but Aaron Hernandez, obviously one seed Lawrence Phillips, a one seed. It Lawrence was, Phillips just murdered a dude. He's, I know. Still- He's a one seed. He's a one seed. Yeah. I mean, it was a formidable, you know, I mean, it, it, it was a formidable field. I mean, you know, there, there were guys who were pretty bad, and they were like eight seats. You know, it, it was – there's some terrible stuff. And, and Ray and, Carruth has to be a one seat. I think he was a one or a two. But, yeah, he, he might have been a one. Aaron Hernandez, I mean, he was a one. Um, but it, it's pretty funny. I mean, dude, Ray Carruth was so ruthless. That dude, like, brought his girlfriend in to visit his dying other girlfriend in the, in the hospital. He did. I didn't, I didn't realize that. I know that he ordered a hit on his pregnant girlfriend, and then was, he was found cowering in the trunk of a car when the police found him. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I, didn't I mean, know he's, that like, he's like the lowest dude ever. Yeah, it's he's bad. He's the lowest dude ever. Was it you? I don't know. It was my buddy who doesn't even know football. We were going to like pay him to wear a Caruth Panthers jersey around and see like if anybody like got physical with him or got in his face, but never did materialize. The great ideas that never happened. Great ideas that were probably better left on the table. I think he's due for parole in like a year or two. He so. is. I thought yeah, he's done. Pretty for, sure. Why? That's like a. He should be in for a lot longer than that. Well, obviously, yes. <laughs> That's why would the he outrage. do for? Well, he's gonna. I mean. That's like, why is that not like a life sentence? I mean, that kind of thing. I'm not arguing that it shouldn't be, right. but I'm just telling you, I'm telling you, he's going to be out fairly soon. I, I believe so. I'll, I'll double check and get back to you. But I, I, I think I recently heard of an outcry that he's, he's going to be due for parole fairly soon. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe he'll have a breakout season before that happens. <laughs> I don't think All so. Right. All right. So uh, let's get to some of these football games um, before we manage to just get everything shut down. Um, <laughs> Thursday night game. This is I, I'm almost positive this is going to be one of the worst games of all time because it's the Jets and Buffalo, and it's Thursday night. Buffalo. I thought it would be um, Bills plus four actually, um, and then it was Bills plus three. And now I'm looking at this, and it's now Bills plus two and a half. Why is that? Why are the Jets only two and a half point favorites? Um, yeah, I don't understand why it's un- under three. The Jets, their secondary 
Um, I was a little distracted trying to figure this out. Don't quote me on that. Maybe he's not due out soon. But um, but, uh, that would Jets... be a very big error if you if you if you made that error, the people would rely on that error because there's so yeah. many people <laughs> who have to make decisions pickup. based on Ray Carruth's yeah. uh, parole date. Right, right. Um, well, the secondary has, has struggled recently, really giving up some big games. Uh, but yeah, I don't get it either why they aren't at least the the nominal uh, three point home favorite here. So I mean, Buffalo, yeah, they have Tyrod Taylor back and. That running game looks pretty good when you have a healthy McCoy and Carlos Williams, but two and a half, it's almost like kind of too obvious just to side with the Jets here, right? I, I think you just got to take them, right? I mean, it's, yeah, I'm taking them. You know, Fitzpatrick's playing. It's true the Jets' secondary is not as good as Revis. Revis is great, and he'll probably check Watkins, and then the rest of them, you know, we'll see. You know, mediocre secondary besides Revis, besides Revis and mediocre receivers. It's it's going to really come down. I, I just think the Jets are going to be able to move the ball more. But you never know. I mean, Buffalo's D has played well in spots, and I don't trust the Jets as much as I did. So I, I'll probably take the Jets, though. Yeah, me too. Okay. Maybe we'll consider that. We'll see. Uh, and then we got Detroit um, plus – looks like it's 11.5 now. I put it at plus 10, um, and I was – I under I, – that's what I thought it would be. Um, and I took – but I made it Packers 33-17. to 17, So I took the Packers – but the line's just ever so slightly bigger than I thought it would be. Yeah, I don't love this either way, but I just the Packers are so much better at home and and losing, you know, back-to-back games against a tough opponent. I think people are starting to question Green Bay even offensively. Uh their defense has been getting exposed, especially against the run, but Detroit can't can't take advantage of that. Uh people still have hope that the new coordinator there in Detroit now that they have you know a whole bye week um after that short week uh, traveling out of the country. Now maybe that will, you know, turn into some better results offensively. But I'm laying the points here. I think the Packers roll at home. Uh, again, coming off back-to-back losses, I'm laying the wood. Yeah, me too. And, and the other thing is the good sign about the Carolina game was that the offense got going. And it might have taken until the 10 minutes left in the game, but it did get going. And that's just what I needed to see. And I think they'll light up Detroit. I think Detroit will move the ball. And Calvin, I'm fine to start and use maybe even DFS here and there. But – I think Green Bay is going to put up 30-plus, and Detroit just going to make too many mistakes. So I'm doing the same. Um, all right, we got we agree on both games. All right, Dallas uh, is – now they're – they were uh, – I guess they're getting one and a half in Tampa. And it's funny. I looked at that game, and I thought it would be Dallas plus three. And uh, and then I – it's weird. And then – well, I guess it's not that different. But I just thought Dallas is – why are they better than Tampa? I mean, they're, w- without Romo, it just seems like those are pretty much equal teams. Yeah, I agree. They have um, Des Bryant back, and he looked close to 100%, or at least certainly closer than his first game back. Of course, Richard Sherman not draped on him probably helped him look better as well. I don't know. Maybe the argument is they're quote-unquote due after losing six games in a row, but this team has not won since Tony Romo went out. And, um, yeah, I mean, they get shredded on the ground. And they're going to miss Sean Lee. So, yeah, I don't understand why Tampa Bay's not favored by three. Winston's played a lot better lately. If, if Mike Evans doesn't have six drops, which is like the most in a decade, they might even have, uh, you know, beaten your Giants last week or certainly would have been closer. So, yeah, I'm, I don't understand it either. Why is this not a field goal? I'll take Tampa Bay. Yeah, exactly. All right. So let's uh, – we're, we're three for three here. And I have uh, – I had Dallas winning by one, <laughs> which, you know, it's one and a half. That's fine. But – 24-23, but either way, it's 50-50. All right, next game is Carolina uh, plus four and a half, minus four and a half at Tennessee. I predicted that game was going to be f- minus five and a half. Um, and I have a, so, go ahead, you go first on this. I have a, I mean, I'm not, I don't 
feel strongly about this, but I do have a side here. I like the home dog here. Um, I can't, I would imagine the public's going to be all over Carolina who is not lost. They continue to, to look really good, but they also don't strike me as a team that, that's going to pull away on the road and just bully them. Marcus Mariota is, is pretty good. I, I know that you've been arguing that Mettenberger wasn't a big downgrade, but well, I, I don't was, know. I was wrong about that because I didn't realize how bad Mettenberger was. I thought he was good. I think Mariota is is pretty good as well, not just the the downgrade with Mettenberger. But um, yeah, the new coach, the coaching change might might have you know having more than just a one game effect here. So um, yeah, I mean Carolina may very well win. They might even win by four. But I'm going to take the home dog. Yeah, me too. I, I was on the job. Carolina twenty three twenty, but I could even see them losing. I mean, me I, too. I would, me too. I, I could see this be sort of the trip up game that you know kills our undefeated season. Teams get up at home for undefeated teams. This is. A letdown Carolina beat Green Bay. That was a big interconference battle for seeding. I, I just think this is a great spot to take Tennessee. And I'd almost use them as one of our five. Not that, I mean, now that Wizenhunt's gone, it's like it opens up the door for them suddenly. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a confidence pool. You know, you rank games one through, well, it'll be 14 this week. I'm going to put Carolina really low is what I'm going to, you know, because I'm, I'm worried they might lose outright. To the next game. we got Chicago plus um, – I guess it's seven right now. It's seven, seven and a half at St. Louis. I predicted this game was going to be plus six. Uh, and it's actually quite a bit more because that seven, crossing that seven barrier is pretty big. Yeah, and it's weird. It says consensus seven, but it looks to me like five out of the other seven or whatever have um, seven and a half. Seven and a half. But um, I'm going to take the points here. I know it's traveling on a short week and the Brams are really good. And you're, I'm probably going to have them as a top three or top two fantasy defense at home. But, I mean, what, Nick Foles hasn't thrown from 200 yards in, since week one? I mean, Gurley will get his, but but I don't know. Jay Cutler's playing pretty well. Langford looked plenty capable. Jeffrey's healthy. Even if they, you know, get thoroughly dominated, they can even do a backdoor cover here. So, especially that it's a full touchdown, I'd love for even seven and a half, but I don't love this one, but I'll take the points. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, I, uh, I had it 24-23 um, Bears. I don't know why I wrote that down. <laughs> and that was before the Monday night game. I mean, you must really like the, the seven I, mean, I don't know. I don't know why I had them in the, I, the Rams. Foles is terrible. I mean, he's horrible. And Gurley's great, but Chicago's not that bad defensively as they used to be. I mean, they, they play – San Diego scored, what, 13 points on offense against the right. – against Chicago in, at home. And they're okay. I mean, I mean, Gurley will probably have a big day. But, yeah, Langford looked great. Everything's on all cylinders. Jake Huller is playing really well this year. He had a bad pick six. It looked like a mis- miscommunication. Otherwise, he played great. Um, St. Louis's D is good, but Cutler's he's been through it. You know, he's not going to get panicked by somebody hitting him a couple times. I, I like Chicago here. Yeah. All right. It looks like we're in agreement on all. I'm a little so- nervous about St. Louis at home. Sometimes they kind of put the wood to teams defensively when they're home, but I, I think getting enough points that it, that's okay. All right, uh, yeah, we're, we agree on every game. All right, we're going to have a terrible week. New Orleans uh, minus one at, uh, at Washington. It's like a pick em slash minus one. And uh, I thought this would be a pick em. That's what I said. And I have a lean here. Go ahead. What's your, what's your lean? Okay, I have a slight lean. I don't feel strong at all. I could see this going either way. I kind of want to fade both teams. Uh, I guess New Orleans could be, you know, respond after losing at home. But um, I, I, would, I would take just – Take the, the home team here. The Saints have allowed 8.5 YPA, 24 touchdowns to this four interceptions in the air, a QB rating of 112, highest NFL to opposing passers. So, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i starting um, Cousins even as a top 12 fantasy guy 
this week. Um, I don't feel great about it, though, but give me give me Washington. Yeah, I like Washington, too. I have them winning 27-23. I, I love in, in DFS, assuming uh, I'm still allowed to play this week if they don't shut it down. California's cool for now. Um, that I would I would start Cousins and, and Jordan Reed or Cousins and even Deshaun Jackson as a stack yes. uh, in this game because I just think Deshaun Jackson, I, I'm like almost positive he's going to get like a 50-yard touchdown, and he may get two against this defense. So I'd be uh, pretty confident there, and, and, and I like him at home. And New Orleans doesn't travel well typically, and their D is pr- arguably the worst in the NFL. Yeah, you get them outdoors as well. So, um, yeah, I, I don't love it though, but I but I would lean toward just, you know, Washington at home. You realize a couple weeks ago, you and I had the exact same pick. It was last week. We had the same picks, right? The majority, the yeah. 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 No, no, you and I had the oh, exact oh, same well, picks. Oh, one. Oh, you're right. So you're six and seven last week? Yeah, I'm six and seven. Okay, went six. I had the exact same picks. And I had the Bengals and I switched it because. Right, of, right. You, you tried to say that I talked you into that. But. You didn't really talk me into it, but I just I started to think that the only reason I took the Bengals was fear. Maybe it was, but it was still the right call. Um, that, that's 22 um, – no, no, it's 13, 13 plus 6 now. So that's 19 straight games we've picked the same. That's really bad. It's not – you know, people say great minds think alike. It's like morons, you know, I don't know, go down with the ship together. I don't know what the phrase is, but it's – We'll have one different here actually. I almost guarantee it because we're, I'm going to pick against your guys, the Eagles. Okay, but they they cover every week. Uh, Miami plus, they're up to – this is uh, 6 right now, 6, 6.5. I predicted the spread would be four and a half, and it's six and a half. But I had the Eagles twenty-seven twenty, so I narrowly taken the Eagles. Yeah, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the points here. Uh, What's been back-to-back weeks? Tannehill has not thrown a touchdown. I think that changes this week. Philadelphia has been fantastic against the run, um, or is uh, but uh, so L- Lamar Miller may need to, to catch the ball more, but. I don't feel great about this, honestly, but I feel like I'm buying low with Miami and selling a bit high with the Eagles. Yeah, you're probably right, but I mean, it's still less than the touchdown in Philly. So it's not like, I mean, I don't, I think you have to say Philly's a better team than Miami. You don't have to say that, I guess, but I'm inclined to say that. And then once you get off off the three, three and a half, you know, that that five, six area is not that big a deal, you know? So... I, I just I think Bradford actually played well last week against Dallas. Uh, man, his numbers don't bear it out too much, though. And I mean, remember that over you know, time, got a yeah. walk off touchdown pass too. Yeah. I mean, he really he really has been shaky. Yeah. Well, I mean, I yeah I, I hear you, but he I thought he played pretty well, and uh, it was we'll see. I, I think they're kind of coming together. I, I hope I can not. see them running like crazy. DeMarco yeah. Murray and, you know, and Ryan Matthews. Kevin Wake is out for the year. I mean, Kevin Wake is one yeah. of the top three yeah. best players, if not, you know, I mean, him and Sue and... What I guess that Jordan Hicks guy was playing great. That what was he rookie linebacker for Philly? He was he was awesome. And he just tore his peck on Monday night, and he's out for the season. That yeah. Maybe that affects them, too. Yeah, that probably hurts a little. Um, but Wake was just such a... He finally got in the groove rushing the passer yeah. when they fired Philbin, and, and now he's done. So... You're probably right. It's probably a good buy low in Miami. I've been on them most of the year, and they just—they're so disappointing. I mean, Tannehill just doesn't bring anything. He's just so lackluster when you watch him play. Like, there's just no rhythm with him. And Jarvis Landry will probably get 18 targets and 80 yards yeah, or something. It's just—it's stupid. You know, their their offense is kind of stupid. Lamar Miller is like the only good player on the offense. I mean, they—they have—they don't want to get Devontae Parker involved. They—they just—they rather just you know Rashard Matthews and. Jarvis Landry, and they don't use Jordan Cameron, who's a, a weapon in tight end. They just don't really use their players. All right. Uh, Cleveland, so we're splitting on that. Okay, fine. that's good. 
Uh, Cleveland, I don't feel strongly about it, though. Six and a half is a little higher. I, mean, I, said, I had it 27-20, and it's, you know, it's six and a half. Right. I thought the line would be lower. Okay, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Um, I'll let you go first. Well, I think Landry Jones is, is fine. He's competent. This isn't Michael Vick-led uh, Steelers, um, but obviously it's still a downgrade from Roethlisberger. Um, I could see this divisional game. I wish, I guess I was going to say I wish it would start a quarterback for Cleveland, but I'm not sure that would really sway my opinion one way or the other. I expect this to be an ugly 21 to 17 type game. So I'm going to take the underdog. Yeah. What did I have here? I had, it's hard for me to take the Steelers with, with Landry Jones as the QB. It's just, it's just laying points with that. I don't think people realize what a big difference it is. I had I thought it would be Browns plus six. It's only four and a half, and I had Steelers twenty three twenty. So, again, we're on the same side there. Yeah, I um, yeah, I, I think wouldn't I, touch this game though. By the way, I don't. No, want no, 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 me neither. I, I I could see this going either way. D'Angelo Williams could have another big game, although he's you know sitting out with swelling in his foot. But I, I really, this is one of the games I that I, took me the longest to to decide which side. Okay, I mean, I did all these on a snap judgment, I, and I thought that was like a good idea, and it hasn't worked out this year, but I. It's not like, I, you know, I do think about it afterwards before I write the column, and I don't end up changing my mind that often. All right, Jacksonville is plus five and a half at Baltimore. Um, I definitely have a lean here. Who do you like? Taking the points uh, yet again. I mean, uh, Baltimore's been a bad team all year. Maybe not as bad as their record, but their, their secondary is allowed 8.4 YPA. That's the third highest in the NFL. 16 to three touchdown INT ratio. Um, I mean, I know Blake Bortles is has often played better for your fantasy team than in real life. But this is still uh, both those receivers, the, the Allens, assuming um, Hearns can, can play, uh, putting up big, big statistical numbers. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if it's backdoor or something, I, I don't know. I'm not ready to count on the Ravens winning by a touchdown right now. So give me the points. Yeah, I like the Ravens a lot here. This is one of my best bets, man. I, I just think they had a terrible schedule. They played, I think, five out of seven games on the road, uh, and four of those were on the West Coast to start the year. They just got screwed. They lost Suggs. That probably knocked him for a loop a little bit. Obviously, Nada's not there anymore. So, so their defense was kind of retooling, and they had a terrible schedule, and it just didn't work out. They lost almost every game by single digits. Even against uh, in Arizona, they were knocking on the door, you know, down eight with, within the final seconds. Uh, they played everyone close. I don't think they're that bad of a team. I know the YPA against is terrible, but I don't think that's going to persist in the second half with the coaching they have, and the players aren't that bad. I think Baltimore is going to win. I think I have 30 to 20 Baltimore. All right. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked coming off a bye. And they've yeah, typically... I, just, I think they're going to reset the season, and they're going to be one of those teams that you're like, man, it's so unfair that this team got to play them in week four and we have to play them in week 11. You know, I think that's what's going to happen. But we'll see. It's one of my best bets. All right. Interesting. All right. Okay. And I may push for it. I'll stick okay. with my reputation, even though who gives a shit now? It's like we have to get perfect. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? Yeah, well, yeah great. You know, you made us – Three and two instead of four and one right now. Yeah, I'm not going to haggle you if you want to go Ravens. I might right. push for it because I like that one. And then, uh, and it's just a great buy low. And Jacksonville like looked credible against the Jets. I, I, I'm not buying it. All right, Minnesota um, is uh, wow. They're plus three now. I had them at two and a, I, I predicted it was two and a half. And when I first looked, it was two and a half. I, I mean, it's pretty good to predict like a line like that. I didn't. It's not like three. I was like two and a half. It was two and a half. Went up to three. Uh, in Oakland, and I, I do think Oakland um, is the play here. I think they're good at home. D- Derek Carr, I was totally wrong about him. He's a very good quarterback. You know, I don't know what Bridge- Bridgewater seems like he's going to be fine. I, I just think the Raiders are going to win, and, and Minnesota's run of sort of miraculously pulling out these games is going to come to an end here. 
this is my best bet of the week. Um, I'm, I'm agree with you. I like the Raiders to run away with this. Um, I feel like kind of a sucker that I'm buying them now. I've been kind of against Oakland the last couple weeks, and I hate to buy them at the wrong moment. You know, it's always like, well, I've been wrong the last three weeks on them, so now I'm going to back them, and that's when they, you know, it goes the opposite. But on the flip side of that, isn't it really time to sell high in Minnesota? I mean, the last time they traveled across the country to play a California team. Uh, my Niners beat them in week one. So they've been a little bit more vulnerable outside of home. I mean, who knows Bridgewater? He had his bell rung. I mean, I, I hope he passes concussion test and he it's was fine. Like out to dinner with his friends and stuff. You know, people yeah. say, oh, you can never tell with a concussion. You know, Stefani Bell is always like, you can't tell. You know, it doesn't matter if he's unconscious. It doesn't mean it's worse or not worse. Right. I'm like, well, if he's in a coma for six months, does that mean it's a worse concussion? Well, think, if he's going out to dinner, I think she would concede that. I think she'd concede that 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 well, that what part. What I'm saying of is, like, I I do think you can say you don't know for sure, but I think you can say with some not certainty, but with some reasonableness that if he's like out relaxed having dinner with his friends three hours after the game, it's probably not a serious concussion. I, I don't want to put words in Stefani's mouth, but I, what I'm guessing she would say is that it's not necessarily you know indicative of the hit. You know, you watch someone that looks just brutal. That right. not, might not necessarily mean anything three days later versus no. Brandon Bell. You know, Brandon Bell had a baseball playing infield practice, you know, graze off his head, and he's still concussed, <laughs> you know, two years later. Right. So, I mean, it's not necessarily indicative of the actual impact. I, I think it fully matters that, yeah, they're able to go out to dinner and, and light, well, no. sensitive, you know. She would say definitely that also. Obviously, the hit on the field, is, it's not obvious. But I think she also said that whether a guy loses consciousness or not right. is not That's necessarily dispositive. Yeah. how bad the concussion is. And I'm okay. She knows better than I do, but if the dude's in a coma for six months, I would assume it's a, I would, I would take it seriously. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I probably would too. If By the way, if he's in a coma for like more than a year or two, or two I think it's serious. That's it's my, time that's to my start worrying. It's time. It's time to start you know, being a little concerned. <laughs> it's time to start thinking about, you know, his keeper league value, I would say. So, right, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. By yeah. the way, that is, I, I keep harping on this, but that is seriously, ironically, and yes, I'm using that term correct, um, one of the most dangerous plays in football, the, the quarterback slide. I mean, it's, in, it's invented or, or, or the rule is there to be safe, but it, it, that happens so often. I mean, that was a brutal well, the, case. The guy's going to hit him, and then he slides, and he lowers his head to and the level he, of where the guy's hitting him. Yes, and he completely exposes himself. It's, it's, uh, that happens at least a handful of times every year, and I go crazy about it. Yeah. I mean, the guy's that just got forearmed right in the helmet and his head hits the ground. I mean, that was just brutal, but unfortunately unsurprising. That happens all the time with the slide. And I don't even bl- – yes, that might have been a dirty play in particular, but uh, half the time I don't blame him. These DBs are already left their feet. So, I mean, it's, it's just a tough bang-bang play. But anyway, assuming Bridgewater does suit up and I expect him to play, I am just totally buying into David Carr in this offense. Crabtree, I mean, as a 49er guy, I'm just as shocked as anyone. Cooper's the real deal. I mean, maybe Latavius Murray, speaking of concussions, he, he might have to miss this game, and I guess that could matter a little bit. But, but Oakland looks like the real deal, this, you know, shaky defense. But I, I don't know. Minnesota, is, is the, really they're going you know, to win their division? I mean, 6-2, and two, they should be happy where they are. Uh, I would not be surprised if Oakland wins this double digits. Yeah, I mean, I don't think like, they're like 6-2. and two. Hey, you know, we, we can't possibly be 7-2. They could. I just, sure, of course. I, I just look at the quality of the teams and Oakland playing well at home. And the travel and the fact that I think Oakland is going to be able to throw the ball. And Minnesota, maybe they can. I mean, maybe Diggs and Bridgewater get into it and it's a shootout. Um, it's the line, the over-under is actually only 44, which is pretty low for this game, I think. 
Yeah, that, that that does seem that does seem low. I mean, Derek Carr is like what eleven and one touchdown to interception no, ratio, fifteen to three or something. Right, but eleven and one over the last three games. I'm saying. Yeah, no, I mean he went. He was at the Jets, or no, the Jets were at the Raiders, but still. Matt Jets. Ryan has twelve touchdowns on the season. I know Matt Ryan. Derek, well, Derek Carr has eleven to one TNT ratio the last three games. Yeah, no, it's 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 astonishing. I mean, I, I wrote in my blog this week. I said, you know, it's getting harder and harder almost impossible to justify the Eli Mannings and the Matt Ryans over the Blake Bortles and the Derek Carrs. It's like, especially Derek Carr. It's like, why is Matt Ryan ranked ahead of him <laughs> for the year? There's really no good reason. How can you do it anymore? Right. I mean, well, they're, you're, you're, I mean, I mean, I was slow to make the change, but you're really slow. If you continue, <laughs> if you, if you rank him higher than no, it now. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I had, I had Carr against Matt Ryan, I think ahead of him last week, but you just think of, you know, it's Matt Ryan, you know, he's been good for the last five years. So, uh, it's things change pretty quick. All right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, KC, I thought they'd get be getting seven and a half. Uh, they're only getting six and a half instead. Uh, but I still predicted 2016 Broncos. Where, where do you stand here? Slight lean toward Denver. I went back and forth on this one, so you could talk me into either way. I don't Kansas care. City's, I'm not strong on this at all. I mean, Kansas City's been so bad against the pass, but then again, can Manning even take advantage of it? I, I'm not sure. And they, Denver's missing Aqib Talib and Demarcus Ware. So I mean, that that's not insignificant. Right. But their defense is really good. They're coming off their first loss. They looked bad, and and you know, Denver. Um, they've actually, for how good they are, you know, for a seven and zero team, they they played eight games only. They've only had three home games, and this is a team that typically has a real good home field advantage. So they haven't. They, their numbers are statistically could be. They're even more impressive when you look at it through that lens. Um, I think that they get right at home and uh, and pull away here. But again, it's not one that I love. But you know, less than a touchdown, I'll, I'll I'll lay the points. Yeah, I don't love this at all. I just almost think Denver's good defense is squandered on Kansas City because they're such a annoying dink and dunk. It's like it doesn't yeah. even matter. Yeah. Because normally you'd be like, okay, this team's got good receivers, but they're going to lock them down. Yeah, Macklin's there, but they're going to use Kelsey. They're going to use Charkandrick West. They're going to do stupid, annoying stuff. Never pass the ball more than five yards. Yeah, in the it's air. just going to be that boring nonsense. But Denver's not that good against the run. I, I just think Kansas City will like – it's just going to be a low-scoring game. Like I, it's, This is 42. I almost like to under here. I, yeah, I have a 20-16 to 16 Broncos. I just think it's going to be a low-scoring game, and Denver's going to be content to manage the game into a win. Like they're not going to totally see it. You know, they just yeah. don't play like they're, they play like a low scoring team and they're not like their D's really good, but they're not like Seattle was where they come and attack you. They're just sort of shut you down. It's not like they Seattle. It always seemed like you go to Seattle, you lose 38 to seven, you know, 38 to three. Denver just seems like they'll beat you 20 to 10, you know, and that would, that'd be good enough for the cover here, but I'm going to say 20 to 16. Yeah, I could see Alex Smith taking quite a few sacks. I mean, Denver is, has been pretty good in that area, and, and Alex but nowhere Smith's is a big. Yeah. That's a big loss, and right, right. No, no, I'm, I'm not going to argue this one at all. This was one yeah, of my I more I, costs. I don't want nothing to do with this. Okay, now here's an interesting one. This is going to be a very fun game because it's the over under is fifty four and a half, and it's New England minus seven. And uh, I'll let you go first. Man, usually I like home dogs, and I especially like I, I, you know I like the Giants as a team when you when you least expect them to do well. I don't love them as big favorites. I like them as big dogs, but New England is so good. They and the, the Giants can't run the ball. They'll be one dimensional. Uh, New England's defense is really kind of underrated at this point. So I just feel like I would take the Giants and regret it after the first quarter. So I'm going to be that sucker. And just it's, you really, we rarely lose money back in New England. So I, I'm just going to go that you know the public side here. 
All right, I have it 37-33, New England, um, and so I'm taking the Giants. But I want to say a few things. It's a lot this. of points. The uh, Yeah, I have it at 70, the over-under. The over-under is 55. I think it's going to weigh over 54.5. Scott Pianowski came out with a stat on Twitter that the Patriots, we talked about this last week, if you just blindly took them in the Belichick era, you'd cover 59% of the time. And that's amazing, right? I mean, 59 is like, that's fantastic. Not for picking necessarily five games, but just picking, just that's all you did was pick that. Um, and I was thinking the reason that these models don't get it right with New England, and, and there's models used to set the lines, obviously, right? I mean, it's, it's not Massey Peabody, but it's a model probably like that that the Vegas guys use using certain stats to get the openers. They're not just – I don't think they're just making it up. I think they have models in place. Um, I just don't know if they can handle a team that scores when they're up and they don't need to, they don't need to score. If you're up 30-7, to 7, there's five, six minutes left, Patriots will score another touchdown. And teams just don't do that except them. And so if the line's 14 and they're up, you know, 14 with three minutes left and they score a touchdown, there's not going to be a push. It's going to be a win. That just doesn't happen normally. Usually the reason why lines aren't 20, 25, 30, even though there's plenty of blowouts that are in the 30s or 40s even sometimes, there's plenty of blowouts, is that typically the team winning at, after a certain point just wants to win the game. They no longer want to score. They don't care about differential. And so that condenses the scores, and that means the biggest lines are like 14. But if you have a team that is not letting the other team condense the score at the end, that's a whole different animal. It's just crazy. It's a different thing that nobody's really, nobody else is doing. So you can't really fit the Patriots into the general model of, yeah, the better team is by, better by this much, and so they, they get this much of a, a, an advantage with the spread. They're a, a weird, unique thing. And I think that's why they've beaten the market. for fit. You'd think after 16, 17 years, however long he's been there, the market would adjust. Yeah, you would. And they're also this team that just gets – they're so annoyingly attention to detail, always a good special teams. Um, you know, lose Adam Vinatieri, then you get Gostowski, this kicking. But also just, you know, punt coverage. And they always are among the league leaders in, in, in fewest fumbles uh, every year. It's just – I mean, obviously it's coaching, but it's just the attention to detail. Um, and, and you want to – based off models, um, they're always typically – defy theirs as far as yards allowed versus points allowed for whatever reason they're really good at red zone defense and that's you know everyone's like well that's not sustainable and you know what people say that they're right 99 times out of 100 but with new england it's been a whatever 15 year sample now or 10 years whatever so um yeah i just you know you're more likely to feel dumb uh more often than not when you bet against them but of course i wouldn't be surprised if this giants team who's played new england better than anyone over the past five years you know, keeps it close at home, but I am going to be that sucker uh, laying the points on the road this week. Yeah, I'll say one other thing that models probably have a hard time uh, incorporating is the good decision making. I mean, how do you? It's not yards per play. It's not anything right. that you can model. Right. It's like when you know Dan Quinn <laughs> kicks the field goal like that. It just looks like a field goal attempt. You know, it doesn't look like. How do you price that in? It doesn't hurt Matt Ryan's YPA, the team's YPA, yards per play, the defense. It doesn't it show made up. It, it made it even look like they lost by fewer points, you know? Right, If they than if they had failed, obviously. But, like, they, they, right. if they succeeded, they would have just won. Right, right. So they probably was one. Fair point. Okay, fair point. The, take back, take back yeah. what I said. And also, even if they failed on that play, they still had a better chance to win, <clears throat> on, you know, because they would have had the ball on the one-yard line. But, but the point is that uh, – I don't even know how you incorporate that kind of stuff in the model because it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. It's just the decision that wasn't made. All these little decisions. Now, it shows up overall on how many games they win, but everyone says, oh, wins are a, a fluky thing. You can't use wins. You've got to use these per-play stats. It doesn't right. show up. So I think that's why New England has beaten the market for so long because there's just no – it's very hard to incorporate it. 
I know what's really impressive is that about that 59% number is this is one of the three most public teams. So they're getting yes. inflated. Those yes. points are inflated. So really, it's almost like they're covering 65% of the time if all else was neutral as far as the point spreads. This company, this, this team has cost, you know, MGM and all these big companies in Vegas so much money over the last 15 years, right? Because the public is on them and they win. It's the only team that, that ever happens consistently. Right. So, but I'm taking the Giants. After so having said all that, you're yeah, going to take the Giants. I'm taking the Giants because <laughs> what you said, they play them tough. They're good as an underdog. Coughlin, for some reason, I don't know why, against Belichick. It may just be a fluke. But even that year they won the first Super Bowl, the thing that kind of springboarded them into people thinking they could was New England was undefeated, killing Week everybody. 17. The Giants came in, and like it was, it was, I think it was in Giants Stadium. I think. I can't remember. But the Giants played them really tough. And it was like, wow, we hung with this team. And the that, cool thing about that, too, is the Giants, if I remember correctly, absolutely had their seed locked. And they did not need to play their starters. Where I mean, obviously, New England didn't either, but they were trying for history, you know, to go undefeated. Right, right. And, I mean, you're a Giants fan, so you remember that better than me. But I, I remember them not even needing to win that game to change their playoff seeding, yet they still played their guys just to be, you know, hey, we can hang with this team. Yeah, I think it was something that was like, yeah, well, you know, that kind of sprung board their whole confidence into the playoffs with the, the sickest run ever. The only sicker one was the one they did again four years later. It was the craziest two Super Bowl runs ever. But um, but I think they'll show up. And, and I, I think, um, the, you know, I mean, Eli and Beckham, I just I love them in daily. Like, I just think they're going to have to throw a lot. And New England is pretty good at taking away the best option. But Beckham is – I think he's – I don't know. I guess Tampa did actually a good job of, I mean, he had a hundred yards, but there was nothing big, but the giants also played kind of a cowardly conservative game because they were winning. Um, I think this game is just going to be wide open. New England's going to score easily on the giants defense. I'm, I'm, I have no delusion that they're going to slow them down, but I think 37, 33 and the giants are going to cover. It's so crazy how good Brady's gotten in the latter part of his career. Doesn't even throw the ball deep, you know, very rarely. Just so good at recognizing he has you beat before he even calls hike, and it's just I know it's a cliche, but it's just just it just seeming these these short outs to Edelman and all these yards after the catch, it just they make it look just so easy the way they're doing. It. You know, it's one thing when Moss is catching these bombs, you know, fifty yards down the field. It's another when Edelman and Amendola and it'll probably be James White will probably have a big game this weekend. You know, it's just it's just so interesting to me how they how they make it work. It's just. It's just got to be coaching, and, and obviously Brady is just is just so good at the little things, but just mechanically, whatever. But they're I don't know. Maybe Gronk's kind of due for a big game as well. He hasn't had one in oh, a while. Gi- so. And the Giants. I mean, again, I always question how much these stats mean. Oh, they haven't done well against the tight end. Does that mean something? Well, this if that's if it's true that the Giants yeah, right. are actually bad at covering the tight end, it's not just well, someone has to be the worst over seven weeks or eight weeks. Last week, they didn't re- there were no real good tight ends to speak of on Tampa. Yeah, I was banking on Zafarian Jenkins and Stopa with the two I tight ends. I tried to offer you a trade. I, tried to I know. It was like three minutes before. I know. I was running the Q&A on the Yahoo Twitter account. But Zafarian Jenkins practiced in full on Friday. Are you kidding me? I mean, just frustrating. He's like T.Y. Hilton, only the opposite. It's such a waste that you beat me two weeks ago by – point or 0.96 points because your team's not your team's terrible my team could have used that win well calm down it is not terrible. my team could have used that win. i could have done something with it you're not going to the playoffs your team five and four in that league we'll see yeah so am i but you have like no points okay uh let's go uh arizona uh plus three at seattle i guessed that this would be what did i get did i oh yeah plus three um and i had a uh final score go ahead you go first though on, on on who you like 
I like this one. I might even fight for it. Um, I think um, Seattle's really good at home. Um, I think they're both coming off a bye, actually, right? But um, yeah, in primetime, I mean, last year the NFL didn't even give Seattle a, a, a night primetime game because they didn't, you know, everyone would turn off the TV by the third quarter and blowouts. Now, of course, this Arizona team is is really good and they're they're legit. But and, and Seattle's shown some cracks this season, but the defense is still really, really stout. And their offense plays much better at home. So I'm going to lay this field goal with confidence. I took I, Arizona to win outright, 17-16. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I, I buy your argument. I'm, it's not, it doesn't strike me as ridiculous. I, I think Arizona's a better team this year. Their, their offense is actually really good. Seattle's offense is not good. And Arizona's D, I think, will sack the crap out of Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson will make one of those broken plays. But Patrick Peterson, I think he had diabetes or something. Something happened last year where he wasn't right. And he got he's, what, he's playing fantastic. Right. And he got it, whatever it was, under control. And so now they have this elite corner, while last year they really didn't. And that, that's a huge difference. And I just think Arizona is just a better offense. They're just going to – they have a better offensive line. You know, gonna, many, you know how many um, sacks the Cardinals have this season? I'm going to say seven. Well, that would be the lowest in the NFL. Your Giants actually have the lowest at yeah, nine. They do. But just just thirteen, though. I mean, that's yeah, the okay. third, third lowest in the Sorry, NFL. I hate when people ruin my thing. When you want to say, I'll say. 25. Yeah, you definitely. You're like, no, thirteen. You shit on my point say, there. Yeah, yeah. terrible. Uh, yeah, I get it. I get it. But um, pretty much everybody gets into that back. Yeah, maybe. No, it's true. It's true. Russell Wilson. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I I'm going to go with Arizona. I I don't know. I don't know where the public is on this. Is it Arizona's kind of trendy because they're good and people think Bruce Arians is so good. But Arizona, in the last few years, actually, even when Seattle was so dominant, was the one team that really didn't give a shit. They would go in there and beat Didn't they beat them like the last game of last year in Seattle? Maybe, uh, no, that was the Lindley Cardinals. They beat them yeah, in I Seattle, think, I think. In the last year, they were beating anyone. No, maybe it was two years. I don't know. They did beat them. Maybe it was at Arizona. But it was – they were uh, – they, they've just never. I'm, I'm positive the only loss Seattle had last year. Sadly, I know this at home was to the Cowboys because that was my right. survivor pick of the week. Right. And I, you'll never forget. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't last year, and 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 it probably wasn't in Seattle. That I think about it, but th- I think there was. Maybe I'm, maybe this is so long ago that it doesn't matter. I, I always just thought Arizona was the one team that didn't really care. The Rams too never really cared about playing Seattle. Um, right. Right. All right. Well, we're indifferent on that. I'm not strong, and I could see I could see your your side of it. I'm not. I, I just my hunch was Arizona's the better rounded team, but I could see them just going into a, on the road in a in a hostile environment and losing. Uh, okay. Last one is the Monday night game. Uh, I, I thought it would be eight and a half Texans plus eight and a half. It's actually ten and a half, and uh, I have a side, but I'll let you go first. Yeah, I don't like this one. I'm going to take the points, but I foolishly did the same with the Browns last Thursday night and watched Cincinnati. Although that was really close for the first half. Cincinnati ran away with it. Um, I, you know what? Don't listen to me whatsoever because I'm going to be using um, Cincinnati in my survivor. So I'm probably emotionally hedging by saying I'm going to take Houston and expect this game to be close. Yeah, I've taken I've had 27-20 Bengals. I, yeah, see. I don't see them as really a blowout team. I know they pulled away from the Browns. It just kind of fell apart, and there were some Brian Hoyer though, man. He's put he's putting up put up stats. Who is that? Brian Hoyer. Yeah, no, I think Hoyer will move the ball. I mean, I could see him throwing a pick six too easily, but <laughs> yeah. I, I but I think he'll move the ball. And I think Houston after the bye, I just think they're they have a chance now because the Colts are you know luck is out, and I, I think that this is a this is an opportunity for them to to make some ground make up some ground. So I, I think they're going to come to play. I think whenever you face an undefeated team, it's kind of cool. You're kind of up for it. 
And I, I almost, I don't know if this is a stupid thing, but I always feel like the undefeated teams, they get, I, I want to take whoever's playing them almost every week because, except for the Patriots, because I, I think they're just trying to win. They're just trying to hold on to that undefeated record. And everyone else is trying to mess it up. And especially a team like Houston's kind of desperate. Uh, it, it seems like enough points to me, 10 and a half. Yeah, interesting that this is the latest uh, ever in NFL season. There have been three 8-0 no teams. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty bizarre. Um, who was it? One guy, uh, John Paulson on Twitter tweeted, has any team been favored in back-to-back games against undefeated teams this late in the season? The Packers are favored at Denver and at <laughs> Carolina. And I said, has anyone even played undefeated teams this late in right. the season? You know, because that – but it is crazy that they were favored of both. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. That, right. that had to be a first. Well, I was just a first because no one even plays <laughs> to – there's nobody to even – you got to – there's never undefeated teams – there's very few this late in the season. And then to get them back-to-back on your schedule is so right. rare. Uh, and he was, like, on the road. He was, they were, was they say, were road favorites. But on the road both yeah, road favorites against undefeated is pretty severe. I mean, they were undefeated, too, before the first one. So, right. But it, it was crazy. Of course, they didn't cover either one. It was, it was a bad bet. Right. But I, I, I'm taking the points there, too. All right. So let's, let's try to get our, our five picks if we can, okay? Okay. Well, I'm, I'm throwing the Raiders for sure. Okay. I, I'm not huge on that, but I'm, I'm not going to fight you. I'm fine with that. I, I like you, the Ravens. You want Ravens? I'll, I'll mark it down. That's fine. I like the Ravens, yeah. I think they're going to just – I keep hoping that they'll show up. It's probably ridiculous. Every week I'm taking them. And then um, I liked uh, – I think I like Tennessee. It's so ugly, but I, I think I like them. You know, one thing I've just been noticing, just, uh, you know, I haven't been marking it down or anything. We have been, um, not that I've helped the case here or you either with the first two, is we've been taking a lot of favorites. I guess that probably shouldn't matter. But, you know, for guys, we try to, you know, lean toward the sharp side. Our five picks in the Super Contest, I think like nine of the last ten and, and typically three or four out of five each week. I don't know why that is, but we've been taking a lot of favorites. Yeah, I mean, favorites are when you think, ah, oh, they'll kill them. The Jets, there's no way the Jets won't cover against Jacksonville. It's just like all that kind of mentality. The Steelers will bounce back. You know, I, I guess I really like favorites when they've not played well and they shouldn't be that big a favorite. That's kind of my favorite bet, actually. Right. No pun intended. It, it, it's like when you have a favorite that's like, what? This team sucks. Why are they, you know, like, like, like perfect example is Baltimore. Right? Yeah. Why are they five and a half point favorites? They suck. Jacksonville's not even that bad. But I just I love that where the public at some point's got to be this is ridiculous. It's like they're begging you to take Jacksonville. Yeah, and the one favorite that we threw out, I mean, sorry, the underdog that we threw out last week at the last second was the Bears, and they not only covered, they won outright. So, right. My my point is, I'm I'm fine with the Titans. Let's let's take a dog, a home dog. Okay, even. let's do it. So we're, so we're gonna take the Titans. I like the Ravens. You like Oakland, another favorite. But I mean, it's the three point home favorite isn't is to me is not really like going for the favorite, going for the obvious sucker side or anything. Um, the other ones I like, I like Washington. I think they're going to win that game. Uh, even against the Patriots, there were so many drop passes, but they didn't get blown out of the building. You know, they, it was an easy win for the, the Patriots, but it wasn't like Washington's not soft. So I, I think they're going to compete and, and probably win at home. So I would take that. I don't love uh, Tampa, but I think the value is there. And Green Bay is like, going to be super popular everyone was going to want to take green bay at home no matter what against the shitty lions so it's probably i probably stay away from green bay for that reason i mean i'm going to take him in my column but i'm not gonna, right right i'm not going to take him in the super contest all right well yeah and then the other interesting one is the the jets to just two and a half if we wanted to do a thursday night game i mean that is interesting i would do it it's just that it locks everything in when you know i mean who andrew luck who knew you know i mean I'm, right not playing right. this week but 
stuff like this. And there's no out. guarantee our proxy will even go that day either. So, okay. so let's um, not worry about that. All right. So all right. I think we got four out of five, right? Yeah, and I'll, I'll maybe put my whole Three reputation on the line. I might put my whole reputation on the line for Seattle too. That's fine. I, I don't care. I, I'm not strong in Arizona, so I wouldn't fight you on it. Okay. All right. I guess we're good. So what? Raiders, Ravens, Titans, Seahawks, and then who? Packers or um, oh Washington? Washington, right? I like Washington. I'm not like I'm not committed to it, but I would do it. I, that's one that I would do. Okay. Um, all right. Cool. Well, all we'll, right. well, you know, we got a couple of days to think about this a little more, but we got a good. A good start, a good, uh, you know, good foundation. Yeah, so we were two and three. We're like three and two, two and three, two, two and one. Listen, if you want to use us or fade us, it doesn't matter. We're exactly yeah. 500 on the year in this contest. And there's, there, there's, this is so useless because at least you could fade us if we were terrible. Yeah, we have not had a, a, a worse week than two and three. We've never, we didn't even have a one and four week all year and we're mediocre. <laughs> yeah, that's. And we had one four and one week the first week. And we've been three and two, two and three and two, two and one every single week except the first week. You realize it's, that? That's it, that's pretty crazy. Do you realize how boring our picks are? They're just useless. <laughs> they're they're it's like there's just no point. Yeah, I know. I I'd, I'd love to say we're going to switch it up this week, but I, I feel another uh, 3 and 2 type performance. Yeah. I think we'll do 3 1 and 1 is what I'm hoping for. All right. All right. We'll, I like. We'll do we'll go for 3 1 and 1. All right, man. I appreciate it. Um and we'll catch up next week and see what happens. All right, yeah, good talking politics with you, Liz. Yeah, all right, me talking and you listening, me getting on the hook for a lot of shit. Exactly. All right, later, man. All right, take it easy. That's Chris List, East Coast Offense Podcast is what you're listening to. That's my co-host, Dalton Del Don. Uh, if you want to, if you like this content, you want to subscribe to Rotowire, you can go to rotowire.com slash pod for a free 10-day trial. And if you want to check us out on iTunes and leave a review, please do so. Thanks for listening. They're going to kill the love of my life Daisy! if I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.